Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. We're going to talk about it today in relationship to what is not the Kingdom of God and what is actually the opposite of the Kingdom of God and actually part of the pitfalls that have kept man from his true spiritual and physical freedom under God. Now, we we usually don't get into details about the nature of that spiritual freedom because we are all covered with so many layers of uh, garbage and sticky notes and distractions that we can only allude to the spiritual freedom that Christ came to bring you. Now, we put together a book called The Higher Liberty. Uh, it's available on the network uh, if you join the Living Network. Uh, and uh, one of the contact ministers there that you would choose can send you a copy of that book uh, on the net, and you can, you can look at it. We're actually still expanding that book, and we're going to add a little bit more to it uh, to the last chapter. Each chapter is about a page, maybe two pages long. It's a small version of... Uh, our books, a much more compact version. The other books, uh, Covenants of the Gods and Thy Kingdom Come and the Free Church Report are full size and over 144 pages. This is about actually 100 pages and half that size. Uh, it's a little bit more hard-hitting. It doesn't go into as much detail, but it does jerk the chain that is holding you a slave so that you can realize first that you are a slave <laughs> that you are naked, that you have gone out of the presence of God, and that you have been brought into bondage by illusions and delusions. You are in bondage, you are snared, you are a captive, and you have to realize that you cannot just free yourself with a wave of a pen, uh, that it takes more than that to free yourself. You might escape, you might slip through the cracks, but you will be constantly on the run, alone, and abandoned on the deserts of this wilderness we call Earth. You need to have a better strategy. You need to have a strategy that worked. And one of those strategies we see in history as the strategy of Christ called the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. Those two elements are very important to understand. Now, some people say, oh, well, that's Kingdom Now theology. Well, it is Kingdom Now theology in a sense, but there's a half a dozen Kingdom Now theologies, so you better find out exactly what we're talking about, because I, last night somebody sent that to the um, organ group, number of links. I read many of those. And there are bits and pieces in there are true, and this is what... We're going to talk about today, not so much kingdom theology, but the bits and pieces that can be true in a pile of information. The question we sent out last night on the Kingdom newsletter was, is knowledge power? Well, knowledge piled up in a big heap is a big heap of knowledge. And in that, there may be some information that is very important, very valuable, very useful. But in that may be some garbage maybe even some toxic waste. Uh, might even be a serpent crawling around in there that can bite you <laughs> and poison everything you do because it's hidden amongst a lot of truth. I mean, that's the best place to hide the lies in a pile of truth. So you give people lots of information, but how do you connect the dots of that information? How do you organize it? Well, you, what, do you use more knowledge to organize the knowledge that you have? That's kind of pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, and it's eliminating God from the equation. Now, I know a lot of people don't want to admit that they eliminate God from the equation, but the truth is um, they do. They do eliminate God from the equation because they think they can do it themselves. They think they can save themselves. They think, oh, they, they give lip service to God, but they're not necessarily doing what Christ said. And he said an awful lot of things that you never hear about in the churches. You hear about them from me, and as a matter of fact, I repeat them over and over again on a regular basis. 
But uh, and there are others out there that are beginning to see this and beginning to share this information. And there's everybody has bits and pieces of the puzzle. And and I don't have all the answers. Christ has all the answers. But what does that mean? Who is Christ? How do you know that you really have a relationship with Christ? Because you know it. Well, that's your head again. That's the knowledge. Your emotions tell you. Your feelings tell you. Well, how did the Bible say to judge? By their feelings? By their altar calls? By their proclamations? By their fruits? Well, modern church has been preaching the gospel of the kingdom, their version, for 100, 200, 300 years, whenever you want to start counting the modern church. We go back a 1,000 years. You might call that the modern church. 500 years during the Reformation. The Reformation may be the modern Reformation church. And they didn't all agree. So they were, they were some sincere men looking for answers, but uh, they are fishing through a pile of knowledge. And some of them picked up some information that was not true. And some of them put the pieces together incorrectly. I always remember as one of those Kodak moments, uh, down in the South Pacific, there was an island that was really remote. And uh, back in the 50s, somebody had visited the island, and uh, they had actually, uh, there was these little towers built out of uh, bamboo. And uh, you could actually get up in the tower, I guess, and sit, but it's barely big enough for one man to squat. But uh, they'd put these towers up, and they looked like uh, aircraft reconnaissance towers that you have, like, at a small air base. Because during World War II, they did have an air base on that little island. But afterwards, they all left, and there really wasn't anything there. They are just little sand spits. And uh, the inhabitants of the island, who were still fishing and making a living like they always had, remembered all those wonderful things that were brought when they put an air base on the island during World War II. You know, boxes and boxes of stuff that they had never seen, you know, K-rations and spam and what have you. And that was really, that was amazing. These, these men were like gods. Well, anyway, they had built these little towers in hopes that more planes would come back. <laughs> kind of baiting them with those towers because they knew that the planes were always looking for those towers to land. And they tried to keep the airbase, uh, I guess, flat, I guess. Uh, but anyway, it wasn't working. But uh, they had turned it into a religion. If we do this and this, then maybe the planes will show up again. But with not really a clear understanding of what really brought all those people to their island, which was World War II. If they wanted to get more people to their island, they needed to have uh, China invade Australia or something. Um, I, I mention that because China will probably invade Australia in the future, but we don't want to give you too many prophecies here. <laughs> They'll do it with the help of Indonesia, but uh, uh, that is likely to happen uh, within your lifetime, with, depending on how long you plan on living. But... Uh, we're going to be talking about this idea is, is knowledge power, and that's what I'm trying to refer to is that, uh, and everybody's trying to get a little peek at Revelations. I'm, I'm always, a Revelation is supposed to be the prophecy uh, book of the Bible and Daniel, and people love to go in there and try to interpret prophecy because everybody's trying to get an edge on the future. But they're doing so again with knowledge. How do you decipher the information you are seeing, especially cryptic books like Daniel and Revelations? You have to apply all these things, and, and men who are very intelligent can juggle lots of information around. They, they they go into this in great depth, and they try to tell you, oh, this is what this means, and this is what that means, and this is the answer, and you listen fervently as if they know what they are talking about. And they might. And then again, they might not have a clue. They may be totally deceived by other knowledge that they have misinterpreted. So once you misinterpret one little piece of information, it can take you off on a tangent that you'll you'll never recover from because you put something in the wrong place. You know, I I, I actually had a brother-in-law who uh, uh, kept out a piece of the puzzle. 
he told us about this, how he kept out a piece of a puzzle that the family was all putting together so that he could put the last piece in. <laughs> While they were on the floor looking, we must have dropped it somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, But if you leave out or put pieces in the wrong place, it's not going to fit together. And uh, the fact is there's a lot of pieces. You know, you go put one of these big, huge puzzles together, uh, that they, you know, 5,000 piece puzzles or something, you know, people put it on the table and put it together. Well, you want to make it challenging? Get, get five 5,000 piece puzzles and throw all the pieces on the same table. <laughs> because that's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with knowledge. You're dealing with all kinds of pieces that are not going to fit, do not belong, and they're on the table. And so how do you handle that? How do you figure out how this all works? And and recently somebody was passing around some information that they had a uh, new Declaration of Independence. And, and I've seen actually uh, even some of uh, the people that have been associated with us have put together. I even had a Declaration Against Use that I made up some 30 years ago. And this paperwork, you have to remember that these declarations and, 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 and paperwork is not um, does not have any power the the paperwork is evidence of intent uh, but there may be other evidence of intent that's out there that weighs in the opposite direction and you put together your evidence of intent and they put together their evidence of intent and then somebody decides the issue so what court are you taking all this evidence into? Because as soon as you go into that court, that judge becomes the God of the solution, the God of your salvation, the God that's going to settle the truth of what you are claiming. And if you've gone into that court, chances are uh, you've already lost the battle if you're seeking liberty because you're not at liberty in that court. That court will decide for you. So your other option is trial by combat, and that's not a real safe place to be. Uh, all the information we've been putting out for the last 30 years uh, has, people ask me, does this work? And I, I, I was amazed, you know, when I wrote the book Covenants of the Gods, they said, does this work? You know, there isn't any solution in the book, The Covenants of the Gods. It's an examination of the problem. It's not the solution. But of course, Understanding the problem is a major portion of the solution. We have never intended, and I believe it even says so in the preface of the book, that the covenants of the gods is the solution. It is the problem, or evidence of the problem. Again, you have to read between the lines to see the spiritual realities. We make reference to them, but we do not try to define them, because then... What you think is spiritual just simply becomes more knowledge. And it's the tree of knowledge that got us into trouble to begin with. I cannot put spiritual truth in a book. It's not even in the Bible. It, the Bible makes reference to spiritual truth. But the Bible is knowledge. It is written words, sentences, paragraphs. And those are subject to interpretation based upon the knowledge you have in your mind already about the meaning of words. And since most of the prophets and the authors of the Bible wrote in other languages other than the one that you presently speak and read in, <laughs> then the knowledge that you have in reading the book has already been filtered through men who may not have been all that inspired. Now, the information that you may need is still there, but it is the Spirit that giveth life to that knowledge and organizes it, not more knowledge. You cannot organize information, knowledge, with existing knowledge. I think, therefore I am. I think I know what I'm doing, therefore I know what I'm doing. Those don't fit. You may exist because you think, but you may not understand because you think you understand. And so that's a, that's a very simple concept. We've kind of beat it to death already this morning. But it's very important to understand that you cannot figure out the truth with knowledge. That is like believing that the tree of knowledge is the tree of life. It is simply not. 
So you, you need to pray. You need to be very still. You need to be very calm in your center, and you need to beg the Lord to accept you back. You need to return to that tree of life like the prodigal son seeking back with his father when his father gave him life and return to the father. In order to do that, you must allow the father to remake you in his image and not in the image of the world. Now, the father is full of virtue. And what we call vice is simply the absence of virtue. And that's some of the things we'll explain in the end of the book, The Higher Liberty, but uh, we're not going to go into it now. What we're going to talk about now is some people out there, and I'm not going to mention any names, though. We talked about it on the Living Network amongst the contact ministers. If you want to know uh, more specifics on that, you'll have to join the Living Network. Now that you go to the website, you pull down the menu, you find a local, you know, where the little guy is with the net, network, and you find a local group in your area. Uh, the Oregon group covers Oregon, Washington, Idaho. And uh, that's just an email group. You haven't joined the Living Network by joining the email group. You've only joined the email group, <laughs> okay? In order to join the Living Network, you need to pick a contact minister. Now, you can change that any time, but there's a couple out there. There's one on every single group right now. But you need to pick one. And uh, all it takes is two people, two separate people, households, picking the same contact minister, and then he gets put on to the other contact minister group. And that plugs you into the living network, because these are all living people. We don't have any contact ministers who are dead. <laughs> They're all alive, uh, at least physically, anyway, <laughs> and hopefully coming alive spiritually day by day. And so you plug into real living people, and the idea and their purpose is to try to help you make contact with other living people so that uh, we become a true living network and not dependent upon the Internet. You do not want to be dependent upon the Internet. When things get bad, the only thing I can send you on the Internet is another email, and you're going to need more than an email. And if you're, you don't want to join the group just simply so that somebody will give you something, you want to join the group because you have something to give others. And you hope that they will give to you when you have needs. This is, this is a crooks. This is a very important aspect of the kingdom theology, is that you love your neighbor as yourself. Because that brings you closer to the kingdom almost than anything else. Almost. It doesn't more than anything else. Because there's another thing that you need to love, which is God which is full of virtue. So all the virtues of God, you need to love those. You need to love them so much they are a part of you that you breathe them in and out. Patience, humility, uh, all those wonderful, uh, charitable, uh, loving virtues. Um, but anyway, there are people out there posting their Declaration of Independence. They've, they've put them together. They're going to try to return to the Constitution. Um, uh, and they refer to themselves as the sovereign people. Well, I haven't ever met a sovereign person myself. Um, again, and, and that term alone, you're sovereign. That means you make law. Okay, are you, the, you make law for other people? Are you in a democracy as a sovereign person, a member of a democracy, and the democracy is sovereign? Because nobody who's a member of a democracy is sovereign. If you're a democracy, the democracy is sovereign because the democracy will make law. Now, you could be in an indirect democracy. You can be in, in a constitutional indirect democracy like the United States. And then you can indirectly affect the making of law. But you have a bunch of guys up in Congress who are making laws for you every day. But the, the biggest danger is the law that you make for yourself. And how do you do that? Contract contract makes the law. Now, a lot of people like to vitiate uh, the contracts that they made simply by saying, I was not fully informed. But the reality is that you were fully informed enough that the contract can become binding. And that's not a popular idea with a lot of people. They want to say, well, they didn't tell me it's all fraud and I can just throw everything out with the, the bathwater. And just wash myself clean with uh, some sort of instantaneous proclamation made by me. 
Well, if you want to think that, okay, but that's a piece of knowledge that is garbage. It just does not work that way. If you give evidence of intent and somebody spends money or goes into debt for the purposes of fulfilling the intent of the agreement that is published that you failed to read the details of, you're still bound. They are meticulous in fully publishing everything they're doing. If you did not read the Social Security Act, if you did not study it in detail before obtaining the number and beginning to file 1040 forms as an adult, then you cannot claim that you are not fully informed. You were just fully stupid. You were fully foolish. I'll use the word foolish. I don't want to call anybody stupid, but the fact is we have made a mistake. And uh, I blame the churches first, if we want to blame an organization. But the fact is, we have erred. Now, we can hide from the truth of that error, you know, and, and, and cover ourselves with fig leaves. But the fact is, we have screwed up. We have made a mistake. And if you don't want to admit that, I can't help you. Because you have to see that we have gone down the wrong path. And there was enough evidence along the way, whether you read the Social Security Act or any of these other, you know, I'm just using that as an example, because that is the primary uh, piece of the puzzle. But there was enough evidence to know that something was rotten, something was wrong, something stinks down this path, and we just kept on going. And we were mesmerized by flashing lights and, and music and... Uh, and a lot of people who have lied to us and deceived us. And, and many of those people who are lying to us and deceiving us, they really believed what they were saying because they had accepted a lie. And so that's really hard to tell. You know, when your parents are telling you something, you thought, well, they're my parents. They must be telling me the truth. But they've been deceived. And so they honestly believed what they were telling you. But it was, it was a lie that they had received and accepted and did not admit. I believe that God is telling us the truth all the time, but we don't slow down long enough and keep quiet enough to listen. When you pray, after you make your yearning desire known to God, which he already knew anyway, <laughs> so you didn't even have to tell him, the real prayer takes place when you shut up and listen patiently with long-suffering yearning of asking God, show me, because I can't figure this out. I don't know which knowledge is a part of the puzzle. So these groups are talking about being organized and going back to the Constitution and renouncing the delegates or delegations, assembling in de jure grand juries, uh, fraudulent artifices, peacefully eliminate the problem. Talking about doing it in a very short time frame but we're gonna we're gonna blow that out of the water because that's not the truth it's not gonna work and it's gonna get you into tons of trouble and we want you to be aware of this so that you do not go farther down the wrong path and we'll talk about that in a moment when we return to keys with the kingdom Hear it first on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net, around the world and on satellite. Gold and silver is tremendously undervalued. Global demand vastly exceeds mine supply by more than 60% annually. There is little in the financial world more certain than a coming explosion in the prices of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar continues to lose value and respect as the world's reserve currency. Our nation faces challenges on many fronts, and a day doesn't pass without another economist bringing forth warnings of impending economic calamity. There has never been a better time than right now to acquire physical gold and silver. Discount Gold and Silver Trading was founded on the principles of truth and honesty. 
We believe in providing a quality product, quality service, and most importantly, competitive pricing. We provide all forms of precious metals, including American gold, silver, platinum, and rare investment and circulated coins. Silver bars, rounds, and 90% silver bags are on hand for the silver investor. Gold self-directed IRAs are available. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, that's 1-800-375-4188. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free, or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. Get this DVD presentation for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Call 559-781-3773. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Hi, Nicholas here. I used to lug those big jugs to the market to fill with water from those coin-operated filter machines. 25 cents a gallon or five gallons for a buck. I used to. Then I got the big Berkey. Now I save my back and hundreds of dollars too. I was paying $600 for the same 3,000 gallons of water that a pair of black Berkey filters will provide for my own tap for only $99. This means that your Berkey water system will entirely pay for itself with only 1,500 gallons of use. And then you will still have 1,500 gallons left before you need to replace the filters. Do the math. Stop throwing your money away on bottled water and filter dispensers that may or may not be delivering as promised. For a limited time, First Amendment Radio is offering 10% off on the most popular Berkey water systems. Visit the shopping page at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call us at 559-781-3773 for more information. Leave your name and address and we'll send you this special offer. Do it now. First Amendment Radio is an authorized distributor of Berkey products. Okay, they talk about organizing. They talk about having 26 delegates in each state. Uh, oh, just before we go to that, let's uh, get a few announcements out of the way. We've uh, recently purchased some equipment for this radio broadcast. Uh, it hasn't arrived yet, and we haven't figured out how to hook it all up yet. Uh, but uh, we should be able to improve the quality and possibly even turn it into a talk show using one of our extra lines here. Uh, we will test the system hopefully as soon as we get it up, maybe next week if it arrives quick enough. Uh, and we'll see if we can't improve the quality of this show. Uh, and, but I, I recommend that everybody who is interested in getting the full details, because we don't put everything on the show, you need to join that living network, you need to go to the website, do that. Uh, you need to become a part of something that is actually physical and real. Uh, you don't join His Holy Church. You conform to Christ. Uh, we're just a group of people trying to conform to Christ. We're not starting a new church. Uh, you can't even become a member, really. You can congregate together and kind of become a member of a congregation in a sense, but you give up no individual rights uh, no individual choices whatsoever. You don't become an unincorporated association or anything like that. You just, uh, you just actually just get to know other people. And there is structure to it. Uh, it is organized, but you must be a part of that organization. Everybody wants to join some group, and that's one of the first things these guys talked about is they've organized and you have to become one of these 26 delegates and you have to sign uh, or which would multiply out in the states and then you sign this declaration of independence i would advise you not to sign that uh, because your name is going on a list of people who are willing to stand up to the federal government <laughs> uh, the problem is you do need to stand up but you need to stand up and take back responsibilities the federal government is not the problem. It is the evidence of the problem. 
The problem is the fact that we have gone out of the way. We have re- rejected the ways of God, the ways of Christ, the ways of Abraham, the ways of Moses. So all you Jews out there, even all you Hindus out there, you've all rejected those ways to one degree or another and have gone a-whoring after other gods, and you have already made covenants with them and you've signed agreements with them, and you have gone back into the bondage of Egypt, uh, which is the bondage of Babylon, and you are now, again, assets, human resources, merchandise, as Peter says, through covetousness. You should have realized way back, if people worry about socialism now, y'all went to public school, didn't you? What is more socialistic than that? Public school is the biggest socialistic event you can imagine. You got guys out there going house to house, forcing your neighbor to pay for your son's education, and you don't think you're a socialist? No, socialism has been around this country for a long time. It's just getting, you're getting out in the deep end now, that's all. But if you think you've been free for the last 20 years or 30 years or 40 years or 50 years or 100 years in this country, you're all wet. You've been playing in the pool for a long time. It's just that you're getting tired of treading water because you're out in the deep end now. Because there ain't nothing solid underneath you. You're in debt up to and beyond your ears. So anyway, um, uh, we are organized but we're only as organized as you want to be on an individual moment and an individual day. If you don't participate in the Living Network, if you don't gather together with others in the name of Christ, in other words, in the character of Christ, as a virtuous, caring individual, living by faith, hope, and charity in the perfect law of liberty, then you're not organized. You have to organize yourself. You have to get your own act together. We're not signing any constitutions. Now, the Constitution is part of the problem. Constitution was, go look on the web. We have a series up there. Actually, I need to improve that a little bit more. We're putting together a whole book on it, and then we'll we'll zap that series up even a little bit better. Some of the footnotes are off a little bit. Uh, but the, there's enough of the series there, and there's audios there, uh, eight or nine or ten audios there, on contracts, covenants, and constitutions. Go listen to that for free. It's good, but it is going to cost you your delusions because the Constitution was abhorred by most Americans. They would have voted it down in a minute. Here, these guys are telling you that we're going to return to the Constitution to get our freedom back when the really, the real people that were the forefathers of this country, the guys out there actually having the children and and building the homes and building the bridges and building the farms and plowing the ground and planting the crops. Those are your forefathers. It wasn't a handful of guys meeting in a room in secret in Philadelphia. I mean, they may be nice guys, but that's not what created this country. That's not what made it great. It's the guys who went out there and worked all their lives to raise their families in virtue and honor. That's your forefathers. Those are the unsung heroes that uh, the people of government don't want you to look at. They want to think that, oh, it was government that saved the day. You know, we wrote this piece of paper here, and we put it on real nice parchment, and this is what made your country great. It's the living network of people that make this country great. And they want us to break the ties of that network. They don't want you looking one to each other in faith, hope, and charity. They want you to look to them with covetous hearts, wanting benefits. And we've been doing it since (laughs) for a thousand years. (laughs) But in this country, we've really been doing it for at least a hundred years. I mean, 1913, 1909, 1929, 1933. I mean, these events are changing the course of this nation, the people. You want to you wanna fix it? you got to change your personal course, and most people aren't going to want to go the right way. And you're going to need help, so you're going to need to come together. And if you care about others as much as you care about yourself, you will want to come together. 
I'm not going to tell you how to do everything. Somebody actually was listening to the program that says, well, he's not telling us how to do this. You know how to do it. You guys have answers amongst yourselves. Come together. Discuss these things. Think about them. Pray about them. And organize yourself from the heart and soul of each being in the network. That is where the foundation of Christ is found, is in the heart and soul of individuals. You're not going to get free by signing another Declaration of Independence or Constitution. They talk about uh, uh, returning to dry land and getting out of equity. Now, we write about all this in the, in the Covenants of the Gods, and we give you details of how this works. And, yeah, the, the, these are bits and pieces of the puzzle. This is part of that pile of knowledge. But it's not a part of the solution, except to know that, you know, we're out in quicksand and we're starting to sink. And back there is dry land. And we want to, but if you struggle in the quicksand, you go down quicker. You need to reach out and get a hold of somebody still on the rock. And that rock was Christ. Now, there is Christ in some of us. Uh, I think there's some good in all of us. And some, it's, you know, it's kind of like a rotten vine. Don't grab that guy. <laughs> but reach out to those who are bearing fruit and truth and honor, and they will try to give you a hand back up on the rock. You're not going to sign a new, you know, uh, constitution, make another boat out there in the quicksand that this, they're struggling around will just drag you down farther. Now, they talk about forgiving uh, all who repent, but the, if you listen closely to the re and those that don't within three days, then, well, they will be removed. You're messing in an area that, you, you know, this, this, is, this is threatening. It, uh, you can say, talk about forgiveness all you want, but you talk about removing, and, and, I don't, and you know, there's a mix of rhetoric there. There's some good things that are said, and then there's some other things. Whoa, I wouldn't say that. And, uh, you know, I see a certain recklessness. Well, the mere fact that somebody wants to go back to the Constitution. The Constitution is a part of the problem. It's actually a tool in the problem. The problem is always going back to us. But the Constitution allows for this contractual nature of government. They guarantee your right to contract. And don't go back to, you know, I wouldn't fully inform Stuff because that just doesn't hold any water. Uh, he mentions pray to the court. I remember the first time I ever read that. You know, my father was an attorney. I read. I said, "Whoa, you know, hey, that's a there's a red flag, bright red flag, kind of fluorescent." Pray to the court. But of course, if you read uh, God's many and uh, and the covenants of the gods, uh, you'll understand that that absolutely makes sense. You want to stay out of the courts. You want to stay away from that. You don't want to have all these tactics there, uh, where you can go into court and get your rights back. If you're in court, you ain't got no rights. Uh, you got privileges. Uh, these are all administrative courts. Don't give me the Article uh, Three court thing either. Uh, you know, it's just not accessible now. You've gone down the road too far. You need to get back to the nitty-gritty down there where your tennis shoes touch the road and start changing your personal direction. you got to be building the alternative. Don't get into this walk-the-plank mentality that everybody's going to bail out of the ship. You haven't got anything to land on. I, these guys are offering you a three-day, you know, uh, we'll have this done in a month uh, kind of thing. Uh, it's not that simple. You have no infrastructure to maintain yourselves outside of the system. Uh, yeah, uh, marriage, license, travel, all these issues we're dealing with, but you have to deal with the fundamental issues of being a society based on faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty. And you are not that. And you need to become that from the ground up, from the bottom of your hearts up. And then what will happen has has always happened is they will cast you out they will separate you by their own words 
they will say you are separate. Unfortunately, they're going to tell you this at a pretty rough time in history. But it is the only salvation to go that way. That's what Christ was doing. That's what Moses was doing. That's what Abraham was doing. So why don't you go with somebody who has done it? Go with what works. Forgiveness, great aspect of it, very important piece of the knowledge. Uh, yeah, we're in corporate servitude. The United States federal government was a corporation when it began. The men who signed that document as the ones who created it didn't have any force and effect or power or influence until some of the states acquiesced to it, and then it became a reality. It was illegally ratified, but it doesn't matter because they did acquiesce to it. All that's covered in contracts, covenants, and constitutions. It's a matter of historical record. It isn't a secret. You don't have to send me $50 in order to find out. You can go on the net for free. If you want us to put more stuff up on the net for free, you can support us if you want. If you don't, that's okay. I work for Christ. Uh, but, you know, uh, that's between you and Christ as to whether you want to support our work. Okay, yeah, foreclosures, oh, bank loans. Uh, this is this is a touchy area um, that people talk about. They didn't loan me anything. Uh, it was my they, you know, uh, took my signature and and they gave me credit based on my signature. Well, of course, I thought everybody understood that. I, I can't figure out why people are so surprised. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, people were hearing this for the first time and and then they get all worked up. They took your signature as value, and I gave you credit, which allowed you to build a house, buy a car, buy a piece of farm machinery, whatever, based on your credit. You indentured yourself to a contract when you did that. They known you nothing. They, all you did, you became a part of the Federal Reserve, creating money out of nothing, and you participated. That's how they get you. You know, if you join the mafia, the first thing they want you to do is, you know, commit a crime for them. Then they know you're sincere, you know, and they're willing to back you. So they want you to commit a crime so that they know you're sincere. They got you. But it is it is an obligation. It's an obligation in, you know, uh, Monopoly land, but it's an obligation. You get a real house. Based on your signature. Now, I tell you what, you could have gone to a carpenter and say, hey, you, you, if you build me a house, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you. And, and I'll loan you, uh, you, you loan me your labor, and I'll pay you over the next six months or years or 60 years or whatever. And, and the reality is that if you got together in congregations of people, you could do that. And they would accept your credit, and they would hold the mortgage of your house until you paid back that buying group. I mean, that's what you should be doing, investing in local groups. You could do this through credit unions and through buying clubs and other uh, systems that are much more kingdom-oriented. But instead, you go into banks whose sole purpose is profit. And you wonder why you're getting strangled. Well, you didn't come together in liberty and love. You went to a banker. He's not in the business of love. Or liberty. He's in the business of bondage. Because you couldn't come together with others. <laughs> you had to go with, you know, the spider. You, the, the fact is, is that you, if you, your righteousness needs to exceed that of theirs. And you, the only way you can do this is to come together with other people who are seeking righteousness. There aren't very many of us out there. <laughs> They're actually rather few and far between, uh, but they're like gold. They're like pearls in the dirt, uh, and we need to, you know, we need to buy into this uh, by coming together cautiously, yes, carefully, yes, according to you know the perfect law of liberty. We don't give up any of our per person. You know, you you can give up things, and this is what people don't understand about the altars. But you don't never give up your right to choose. Give you a little brief history of Social Security. You know, Franklin Roosevelt, a Democrat, introduced the Social Security in the FICA program. Uh, 
people didn't have any idea what that is and what he was doing then. We covered an employee versus enslaved in the book Covenants of the Gods. You can read it on the net. <coughs> the, the participation in, in that program would be completely voluntary. That was what it said. It actually still is completely voluntary. But once you join, it's, it doesn't seem voluntary anymore because you joined. I mean, it's like volunteer army. You join, you take an oath, you get a uniform. They give you the uniform. Uh, they give you pay. You know, you get drafted. <laughs> Go. Don't take the oath. Don't take the pay. I'm here to serve. <laughs> they won't know what to do with you. Uh, I, I remember there were some soldiers who would not, uh, Roman soldiers who would not take an oath. Uh, it was an extra oath beyond their service. Uh, it was straight to the emperor himself. And they knew it was uh, designed so that they would give up a right to choose to do certain things that were they considered lawful. And they wouldn't take the oath. And so they took them and they took their uniforms from them in the middle of winter uh, next to a frozen lake and drove them out on the lake and said you stay away from us and they went out on the lake and they froze to death and uh because they'd given them their uniform that creates that's what that that's what's going on there why they're giving you your they cut your hair <laughs> the samson thing they take your clothes away they give you clothes that belongs to them and they give you food that belongs to them and they give you pay, and you're bound in the contract. And they, they do the same thing with Social Security. you you got to have Social Security to get into the school. you got to have Social Security number to get the WIC program benefits. You have to have Social Security to deduct your children. You're selling your children into bondage when you do that. You're creating an obligation which is not easily extracted from so it's still voluntary, but you can't hardly buy or sell. People say, oh, you can buy and sell. It's the seventh day. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's Sunday worship is the mark of the beast. No. Well, in, in a way it is, but nobody understands what Sabbath is, uh, hardly. We won't go into that. It's another tangent. But uh, the, the fact is is that you, you, you can't hardly buy and sell if you can't get a job, you can't get a bank account, you can't participate in the society. You're just hiding in the cracks. We don't need to hide in the cracks. We need to be a part of God's kingdom. Uh, participants would only have to pay 1% on the first $1,400 of their annual income into the program. And, of course, that annual income, that's a question as to what that was. Because, but if you read the whole uh, Social Security Act, you'll find out what becomes income. But you have to read between the lines. They write most of their stuff between the lines. But if you understand these words and terms and how the law works, it's in there. Uh, it's far more than that. Now people pay 7.65%, and if you're self-employed, it's twice that. Uh, and even if you're not self-employed, you're paying it. The employer has that money set aside to pay you, but they have to set some of it aside to pay the government. So it's really all coming out of your wages. You just don't see it. Uh, kind of a clever way of, you know, easing the pain. Uh, the money, uh, the participants, was to be put in an independent trust fund, so to speak, and eventually it was put into a general fund by uh, Johnson. Uh, the reality is is uh, when they did that in uh, Judea, at the time of Christ, actually happened under Pontius Pilate, where they took some of that Social Security money, the Corbin money, the Corbin of the Pharisees made the word of God to none effect, and so did Social Security. Uh, there was riots in the street. Uh, they took some of that money and used it to make an aqueduct, and there were riots in the street. We cover this in, in one of the books. Uh, people don't do that. Also, it was never to be taxable, but now 85% of it is taxable, thanks to Clinton and Gore. But it's actually thanks to you because you signed up. You became a member, just like the guy who signs up in the Army. And the sergeant comes in and says, I'm looking for three volunteers, you, you, and you. And they say, Sergeant, we didn't volunteer. And he says, you're wearing the uniform. You must have volunteered. So that that's how that works. Uh, we're not going to make it to the end of these notes here on, on this stuff. Birth certificate doesn't bind you, but it's the first part of a three-part plan, which we cover in Call No Man Father, upon uh, Call No Man on Earth Father. 
Uh, that gives you the whole explanation of that. Uh, this whole idea of the United States becoming a corporation, it's always been a corporation. It's a golem. Uh, it was created by contract. Uh, the contract has altered. The terms have altered. People are quoting, somebody was quoting me cases, uh, 1847 cases, referring to the fact they don't have any power to do this uh, because this case says so. It said so in 1847. What, what about the 14th Amendment? What about Social Security? What about all the things that you have done since 1847? Those have no effect. Uh, you it, Again, people are giving you bits and pieces of knowledge but not putting it together in order. I try to put the dates uh, in of these court cases so you can see the progression. We try to do that through the covenants of the gods. You need to understand how this works. Uh, after the show, which is coming up to the end pretty soon here, we're going to have a little talk shoe. If you're on the network, you already know when that is. Um, uh, we did give out that information once. We won't give it out all the time. We're not going to have talk shoe all the time, probably anyway. Uh, take me a minute to get there. Hopefully other guys will get on that, and you can ask some questions. Uh, but this, all, uh, this program was stimulated out of this take-no-prisoners concept. A very dangerous, very dangerous. Well-meaning men, maybe. I don't know. I don't know the individuals. Uh, have some truth? Yeah, absolutely. It's not very hard to have some truth. There's lots of it going around. Uh, but if you have some mistakes, people will pay the price. And unfortunately, I have been spending 20, 30 years watching people pay the price for half-baked concepts and schemes that did not put the pieces of the puzzle together in a proper way and they got people into more trouble than you can shake a stick at. And we've spent thousands and thousands of dollars and time and energy trying to get people out of trouble they did not need to get into to begin with. If people had taken on uh, a better uh, perspective of where the problem really comes from. And that's us. We're the problem. And we're also the solution. So we have to turn around, repent, and seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Until we get there, may peace be upon your house. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.